Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Did you know that Black and White Sports is the largest independently owned conservative sports brand in the world? We have over 125,000 subscribers on YouTube and over 39 million views. Our episodes get more views than most ESPN programming every single day. And now we have exploded on podcast. We brought our episodes to podcast for you to enjoy at work, school, in the car, on the beach, wherever you choose to consume our audio. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Radio Public, Spotify, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Breaker. Subscribe now. Also, you can help sponsor the podcast for as little as 99 cents per month. The link is in the description on with the show. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Live. Well, the NFL has figured out a way to make even more money. We knew this was coming. The involvement with gambling. Also, somehow, someway, Mike Florio's found a way to tie in the jab with gambling in the NFL. Now, this actually came from the Pro Football Talk TV show that I am watching literally right now. I paused it and I said, I'm making a video on this. Uh, Because they're talking about vaccination rates and uh, Mike Florio is losing his ever-loving mind. Uh, Literally, Peter King and him have, I think, talked about the jab for at least 20 minutes now. Yeah, well, this news broke via their website about how much the NFL is going to generate from gambling deals. NFL expects to generate $270 million from gambling deals. The NFL has gone from hating gambling to loving it because the NFL has found a way to turn gambling into a valuable revenue stream. We knew this was happening. With more and more American states legalizing sports wagering, with the NFL abandoning its past shunning of most things gambling, the league will be making plenty of money from its altered position. Via the Washington Post, the league expects to generate roughly $270 million in revenue this year from sports betting and gambling deals. NFL Executive VP and Chief Strategy Growth Officer Chris Halpin has said that eventually gambling will become a 10-figure revenue stream annually. You can definitely see the market growing to $1 billion plus of league opportunity over this decade. That's great news for football when it comes with an inherent warning for current stewards of the game. If some of that revenue isn't devoted to ensuring the accuracy of calls, protecting inside information, preventing the corruption of coaches, players, and officials, and otherwise safeguarding the integrity of the game, the league will be stepping into a bear trap eventually. As more and more dollars are legally bet on pro games, government officials will demand that playing fields become as level as possible. 
one scandal will potentially light a fuse for legislation, regulation, or prosecution. Early in the process of various states adopting gambling programs, some sports leagues wanted a piece of action for the sole purpose of financing programs aimed at ensuring the integrity of the games. That approach never took root. But that doesn't mean sports leagues shouldn't strive for the highest level of integrity possible. Now, let's get to how somehow, in a weird sort of way, I understand what Florio's trying to say here, but he's so ate up with absolutely knowing, having to know who's had that jab and who isn't, I cannot see him literally, truly being concerned about the gambling aspect. He's just hoping it's a ancillary fallout measure. But he is saying that he thinks even within a few weeks that members of Congress, for example, may end up getting involved where players that have not taken the jab will have to disclose publicly whether or not they are vaccinated. Are you kidding me? But that is a thing. He said, look, with this much gambling money involved, injury reports come out, people that are gam- gamble have a heads up of who can play and who's not playing. If they are unvaccinated, they could be left out on game day after wagers have already rolled in based on regular injury reports, and all of a sudden that player's a scratch. He believes there could be true legal action and that the federal government may get involved because of the sports betting aspect and players will be forced to disclose whether or not they're vaccinated over sports gambling because oh, all of a sudden Kirk Cousins is out. Well, wait a minute. He wasn't on the injury report. Okay, so we are going down a slippery slope with all kinds of things now. We got sports gambling. We knew that was coming. We knew that was coming. And the thing about it is now some of these leagues, it opens up a door for them to go even more woke. Why? Because they can take a hit if they lose some ratings. It's it's crazy. And now you have a tie-in with the jab possibly in sports gambling. And that's, look, that's a thing. I mean, I don't like it. I don't think a player should have to disclose disclose whether they've had the jab or not. I think that's personal. But when it comes to gambling and all the influence that has, I don't know where that's going to head, and it could get ugly. We could ha- end up having a very ugly situation in the NFL in the, just the next three or four weeks. Because of sports gambling, because of the jab, who is and who isn't, and it could end up being a mess on the NFL's hands. Tell me what you think, black and white live fans. Make sure you hit subscribe. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into. Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Sports. We're going to talk about Jameis Winston having beat out Taysom Hill 
for the New Orleans Saints starting quarterback job and one of my favorites in the media business, a guy that will put his neck out there to say some things that is not very mainstream these days, Doug Gottlieb of Fox Sports. Now, most people know Gottlieb because he has filled in on and off for Colin Cowherd for about 15 years, dating back to the early days of the Cowherd show on ESPN and now on FS1. Doug, Doug has had his own radio show at ESPN, uh, CBS Sportsnet. He had his own TV show and and right here at FS1 currently. Uh, he's a former Oklahoma State point guard, and he's a He's a damn good listen. If you guys don't check out Doug Gottlieb, uh, you really should. You really should. Uh, he 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 does and will break some standard operating procedure media narratives, and he's breaking one right now because he says the fact that Jameis Winston just beat out Taysom Hill pretty much gives you a middle finger to the whole racist narrative in the NFL. Winston beating out a white quarterback for the Saints job debunks foregone narratives about racism in the NFL. The New Orleans Saints announced Jameis Winston as their new starting quarterback, succeeding future Hall of Famer Drew Brees. Think about that. Jameis is the next quarterback up and beating out Taysom Hill for the gig. According to Fox Sports radio host Doug Gottlieb, Winston, who is black, getting the nod over Hill, who is white, debunks foregone racist narratives in the NFL that are frequently pushed by the media. I've got all kinds of examples after I get done with this. Quote, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that racism doesn't exist. Gobbley said on his radio show, but the narrative of the NFL or the narrative that you will hear is that many in my position, especially at the quarterback position, is stuck in a foregone era. You're told by people in my position that sports is somehow determined by your race. No, it's not, Gobbley stated. It's determined by your talent, your ability to lead, your sports aptitude. But more than anything, can you help me win games? And are you not going to be in jail? Winston, who was accused of assault in college, but it never went to trial. The quarterback was also involved with other negative off-field incidents, including a citation over stealing crab legs, everybody remembers that, and accused of groping an Uber driver in 2016. Despite some questionable off-field incidents, Winston was drafted first overall by the Bucks. After getting replaced in Tampa by Tom Brady, Winston's talent earned him a second chance with the Saints and beat out a $140 million player in Hill for the starting job. God, surely that's not his salary. So before you come at sports with your thoughts that Deshaun Watson was passed on by the Bears because the Bears inherently had some underlying racism, just know that that's not actually the way football works, Gottlieb said. That narrative that you've been told still exists in the NFL. The questions about the black quarterback, that's not how it actually works in sports. It's not how it actually thinks in sports. Right. Why? Because these coaches need to win games to keep their jobs. End of story. End of story. Now, I'm going to throw something out to you right now, and it's going to be controversial, and I said it on the podcast when I ranked the NFL's projected starting quarterbacks, and I did predict that Winston was going to beat out Hill. Well, 
I do think there may be a priority by some owners in, in, in the NFL right now to actually start a black quarterback over a white quarterback. I'm just saying, I believe that that is an actual thing now. I truly believe that. Now, I, I don't have any real proof of that. Call that gut instinct. I know that sounds controversial. I don't care. I don't care. Um, I think there is something that happened that has influenced that influenced some owners going into this draft, this very NFL past draft that we just had, and to replace some quarterbacks that I got to be honest with you, especially in San Francisco. Uh, Trey Lance didn't play at all last year. Played had one game at North Dakota State. Jimmy G took 49ers to the Super Bowl, and now they're trying to replace him. Now, look, Jimmy G's not this great quarterback. I've got him ranked 16 out of 32 in my rankings, okay? Middle of the pack quarterback, but he's not Jared Goff. He's not. All right, now, back to the other thing. Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, by the way, uh replaced Alex Smith, who was a Pro Bowl quarterback. Patrick is half black. But By the way, Lamar Jackson replaced Joe Flacco, who won a Super Bowl. Joe Flacco's white, last I checked. Deshaun Watson. Okay, so we're at five. Trey Lance, likely to, at some point, have Jimmy G riding the pine this year, probably when Jimmy gets hurt. Justin Fields, he looks like a good quarterback. I mean, there's a real shot. Andy Dalton won't keep his job past week three. And here's another one. Cam Newton, who very obviously has had his skill di- skills diminish in the NFL, and he, will, he was going to win that job in New England. Now, do I think Belichick has any ulterior motives? No, I don't. I think he picks his quarterbacks. He would lean towards a veteran. But I'm going to tell you, from watching every snap of Mac Jones and Cam Newton this this preseason and watching a ton of their tape at a training camp, Mac Jones is a better quarterback than Cam Newton today. There's no doubt about it. But one's a rookie, one's a veteran. But I believe there was a mainstream media narrative for Cam Newton to win that MVP this, that year. I have no doubt of that. Why? Because a quarterback with a 58% completion percentage should never sniff an MVP in the National Football League, ever. Okay, so how many black quarterbacks were that? Was that actually right there? One, two, three, four, eight, eight black quarterbacks in the NFL out of thirty-two teams. And I, who knows? I, I mean, tons of backups out there, tons of quarterbacks. How long has Robert Griffin III lasted in the league? He just recently retired. And he couldn't play dead at quarterback out there. But he somehow, someway squeezed out a 10-year NFL career. Oh, the NFL's full of racism. Absolutely. No, there's not. I got to give Doug Gottlieb credit. It's, It's a great job calling this out and noticing, hey, Jameis Winston... Okay, I I believe Jameis is a better quarterback than Taysom Hill. Absolutely, I do. Uh, But... But you know, Jameis had some struggles in Tampa Bay. I always said I think Jameis is better than people think. 
And with Sean Payton, I think we're fixing to find that out uh, because he's going to play in a different uh, scheme and not that no-risk-it-no-biscuit system that, that Tampa Bay runs down there. And, yeah, Tom Brady runs it like a champ, but, I mean, he's the GOAT, of course. Uh, so I, I, I admire Doug Gottlieb for this. This is what I look for when I listen to somebody in the media, somebody that will step out there and say, you know that black quarterback thing? Everybody says the NFL's racist? That's shit. It's false. It's negative. Ghost Rider, tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. Check out Doug Gobley. He's good. Peace. I'm out. Until next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for our black and white sports. We're going to talk about first take Stephen A. Smith and an NFL Hall of Famer, former Dallas Cowboy, current member host of NFL Game Day on NFL Network. Pretty outspoken. For full clarification, I am a massive Michael Irving fan. Yes, I know. I'm a 49ers fan, but Michael Irvin is my favorite wide receiver of all time. He's one of my favorite players of all time. Why? Because I can tell you always knew how much passion, how hard Michael Irvin played, how much he loves the game. And I have to tell you, even though he always talks about the Cowboys, I love how unapologetic Michael is in defending his Dallas Cowboys. Um, Not a big fan of the Cowboys, but a huge fan of how blatantly not objective he is when it comes to his own team. He loves the Dallas Cowboys. He loves them with a passion, and I appreciate that. And I always feel like Michael Irvin is honest, much like Charles Barkley and some guys like that. And that's why I have an appreciation for Michael Irving. Well, Michael Irving may be coming to first take. This is getting very interesting. Now that Max Kellerman is gone, I haven't watched first take in years. Uh, I might actually glance at it if Michael Irving shows up. Michael Irving responds to Stephen A. Smith first take rumor. Earlier this week, the sports media world learned that Max Kellerman is out as Stephen A. Smith's five-year partner on ESPN's first take. The worldwide leader announced Kellerman will no longer be part of the show. He's taking over for Zubin Mahinti alongside Keyshawn Johnson and Jay Williams. God, I would rather listen to paint drying. Can you actually hear paint dry? That leaves an opening alongside Stephen A. Smith. Earlier Tuesday night, a report suggested NFL Hall of Fame wide receiver Michael Irvin could be used to help fill the void. Quote, get ready for some potential TV fireworks. ESPN is considering bringing on Michael Irvin to debate Stephen A. Smith on ESPN's first take. Sources tell Front Office Sports. Not long later... Cowboys insider Mike Fisher spoke with Michael Irvin about the possibility of him joining Smith on first take. Let's just say 
He didn't say no, and he didn't say yes. Fisher, of course, wasn't satisfied with that response, was hoping to lure the truth out of Michael Irvin, the star-wide receiver, after another attempt, and he asked him twice. This is what he actually said. He said, he told me on Tuesday afternoon, how many times in the last 32 years have I given you a no comment? Never, I told him. Well, Irving said, quote, you're about to experience the first. And then he asked him again. He gave him a second no comment. Don't make me say no comment twice, Michael told Fisher with a laugh. Stephen A. Smith and Michael Irvin in a spirited debate could be worth a watch. I would certainly actually tune in for that, I have to admit. Um, boy, if you haven't checked out Jason Whitlock's current podcast that's up, uh, up on YouTube, you should check that out because he's got some things to say about Stephen A. Smith as well, um, which were kind of surprising. Not, not as hard on Stephen A. as you might think, but he dropped some ESPN bombs over there. Well, I would tune in for this. I would tune in to see Michael Irvin and Stephen A. Smith go at each other because... I know Michael is going to bring some un unshackled passion and combativeness to that debate that we have not seen in a long time, not since the days of Skip Bayless. We know Michael Irvin will get loud. He will get unapologetic. He will go at Stephen A. without a doubt. And there's one added element here that we're not thinking about. Stephen A. Smith's unbridled hate for the Dallas Cowboys versus Michael Irvin's, look, unapologetic love for the Cowboys. And that could make Dallas Cowboy talk, NFC East talk, NFL talk on first take possibly worth checking out. I haven't heard Michael Irvin get very political about anything. So I wonder how that would work because we know Stephen A. Smith will talk about things that, let's be honest, he, he has gotten pretty woke, even though he's one of the best friends of Sean Hannity. Well, that just tells you people with different views can't actually get along, or they used to be able to. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. Would you watch Michael Irvin on first take? I would think that would be a very interesting watch especially when they are or on site somewhere, maybe in cowboy country. Stephen A. comes walking out with the cigar and the black hat on, cowboy hat, and he wants to talk his mess about the cowboys. Michael Irvin will be the one that would be a very, very interesting check for Stephen A. Smith, I think. Look, We've talked about Max Kellerman getting kicked off first take, but some are saying over at ESPN right now that they are actually trying to reward Kellerman, possibly, uh, as, a, as an offshoot of this. They believe, oh, Kellerman has done his duty as a woke star. We are now going to reward him with a solo show and a radio show at the same time. I don't know how much truth is in that, okay? So, tell me what you think. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. 
be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Road Rance for Black and White Sports. We're going to get into Rich Paul, the agent of LeBron James. And, of course, Rich Paul created Clutch Sports, the Clutch Sports Agency Group, and essentially rode LaChina James coattails into building this mega empire involving being a sports agent. And, well, it seems he's in a bit of a pickle with another NBA player, Nerlens Noel, who is claiming that Rich Paul cost him $58 million with very, very poor advice when it came to signing a team, not signing a team, you know, doing the things actual good agents are supposed to do. Well, there's a lot to unpack here from this article. Let's check this out. LeBron James's agent is sued for advising negligence. Rutrow. Ah, he was too busy courting Adele. So brave, so stunning. Rich Paul, a celebrity sports agent who rose to prominence as the manager for LaChina James, is being sued by a former lottery pick and client, Nerlens Noel, over contract consultation that reportedly cost Noel tens of millions of dollars. Rich Paul is the founder of Clutch Sports, which now manages some of the biggest names in the NBA, also NFL. Noel cites negligence after Paul advised him to forego a hefty extension with the Dallas Mavericks worth nearly $70 million in order to pursue an agreement worth over nine figures. As part of his lawsuit, uh, as part of his pursuit for a heavier purse, Noel left his former agent to sign with Paul. Wow. So he actually, I would guess, behind closed doors, a lot of times these agents start sniffing around, and then they convince a player to actually leave their agent. Nerlens and Rich Paul went their separate ways December 2020. As Darren Heitner reported on the news Tuesday, Nerlens Noel has sued NBA agent Rich Paul claiming Paul is responsible for $58 million in lost earnings. In his lawsuit against Paul, Noel claims that he was at the bottom of Paul's client list of high clientele, which includes LeBron, Ben Simmons, and Anthony Davis, which meant he wasn't a priority. He claims Paul didn't bother to return his calls. He's an NBA player and could not get a call back from his agent. Wow. Noel, 27, was drafted with the number six pick by the Philadelphia 76ers in 2013 NBA draft. He left the team via trade to the Dallas Mavericks in 2017. But things didn't pay off for Noel there either. He played in only 52 contests and started just 18 of them due to injury. Nerlens now plays for the New York Knicks after a two-year stint in Oklahoma City. Noel signed with the New York with New York for a one-year deal in 2020, then signed an extension for three years, 32 million over the offseason. Pretty good money. 
The center averaged 5.5 points and 6.4 rebounds and a career-high 2.2 blocks per game. Uh, The rebounds and blocks aren't bad, but you can't hit a bucket to save your life, it looks like. Well, what do we think about that? LeBron James' agent seems like he may be too busy to return phone calls to his own clients, and obviously he's got a pecking order when dealing with these these players, and I guess I can understand that. But if you don't have time for a player, if you don't have time to truly sit down and work on a player's deal and advise him correctly as, as opposed to just spitballing, then you probably want to let that client go back to his former agent. You probably shouldn't have convinced him to leave his former agent if that is what happened. And Nerlens Noel is pissed because you gave him really bad advice that cost him $58 million. Now, honestly, at the end of the day, Nerlens Noel, it was his decision whether or not to pull the trigger on a contract that ultimately cost him $58 million. I understand you're under advisement from your agent, and I'm not a big Rich Paul fan, but those agents work for you. They are your employee, technically speaking. And what so many of you players tend to forget is you can fire these SOBs. They work for you. You fire them. We see players fire agents all the time. Okay, so a lot of them getting bad advice and following social issues and all that crap. We're finding out behind the scenes there's agents pissed right now about social justice. I assure you, Rich Paul is not one of them. He's the mo- one of the most woke SOBs ever. He'd have to be to deal with LaChina James and all of his BS. And what's funny is, let's be honest, Rich Paul wouldn't be crap right now without LeBron to begin with. So he might want to appreciate his clientele a little bit more since he did, uh, built something out of nothing, riding the coattails of a famous NBA player and using his cachet to build his reputation He might want to do better work, spend less time out with Adele, spend more time talking to players. Just some friendly advice. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. Does Nerland have a case? I kind of feel like he doesn't. Just since ultimately, it's your call to tell an agent, yeah, I'll take that deal. And even if the agent says, hey, no, don't take it. You're going to make more money. You're still on the other side of the phone, and you have the ability to tell said agent, no, bro, I'm taking that contract. And the agent's got to go, are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Okay, we'll we'll sign it. I mean, that's, like I said, they, they work on behalf of the player, period. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. Honestly, these guys make so much money, I don't have any sympathy for Rich Paul or Nerland's Noel, really. I mean, come on. Salaries in sports are out of hand anyway. Peace, I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. Let's talk about today's sponsor, Javi Coffee. Javi Coffee is the way I love to start off my morning. 
I work very, very hard for you guys to put out the best content possible. And I get my energy from Javi Coffee. Would you like to have that same energy that I have every single morning? Well, you should try Javi Coffee. And for you guys, you can actually get three bottles of Javi Coffee for only $16.95 per unit. Each bottle contains 30 servings. It will save you so much money from going to your local coffee shop. And by the way, folks, it actually tastes even better. You can use sugar. You can use monk fruit. I'm a low carb person. I don't like the carbs. This is keto friendly. And guys, it is super easy to make. Just put water in your cup. Add one teaspoon or two teaspoons of Javi coffee. Mix it up. Use whipped cream, sugar, monk fruit, whatever. And folks, it tastes absolutely amazing. So check out the link in the description or the pinned comment and get Javi coffee delivered to you today. Friends, let's face it. The future of America is looking worse each day. Those who are observant have the feeling that something really bad is going to happen soon. If it does, are you prepared? Do you have enough food, water, and other essentials to get you through tough times? If not, check out My Patriot Supply. They're the nation's number one preparedness company, and they've served millions of American families. Right now, you can save 25% off their popular four-week emergency food kit, which will keep you well-fed with four weeks worth of breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, and snacks. Totaling over 2,000 calories a day. This food stays fresh for up to 25 years in proper storage, so it will be there when you need it. In fact, you may need it a lot sooner than that. So don't wait. Go to preparewithblackandwhite.com and claim your four-week emergency food kit. You'll save 25% if you act now. That's preparewithblackandwhite.com. Don't wait. Do it today. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Road Rants for Black and White Sports. We're going to talk about Rachel Nichols. And this time, some input from Clay Travis. Uh, as we know, Rachel Nichols was canceled the other day by ESPN. She lost her shows. And we know she got caught up in the leaked audio, and it was a conversation that she had behind closed doors with somebody in regards to former ESPN employee Maria Taylor about the fact that the the ESPN wokesters were trying to check the diversity boxes after George Floyd by pumping up Maria Taylor. Well, this audio was leaked while Maria Taylor was trying to get a big payday. Well, that didn't work. That actually backfired, and now Maria Taylor is over at NBC. Should be noted, I believe, uh, the NBC Sports Network is actually going away at the end of the year. But uh, they're still going to cover sports, and it's the, the network, I believe, is actually just uh, transitioning over into their Peacock streaming app. I don't know. I don't know how that works. But Clay Travis of OutKick has come out, and he has made some comments, and this is sort of the kind of thing that we have already know 
but it's always good to hear uh, input from Clay. Clay Travis, Rachel Nichols tried to keep up with wokeism, and she still got canceled, as we know. They love to devour their own kind. Veteran reporter Rachel Nichols became another victim on ESPN's growing list of cancellations. As ESPN picked up the pace on covering race over sports, Nichols kept up with the increasingly woke company and fed the right buzzwords through a face covering on Zoom interviews. From the jump, she proved to be all in with posturing, blindly supporting the BLM movement and the NBA's hypocrisy related to China's human rights laws. On Wednesday, the shot clock finally hit zero, and Rachel Nichols' time at ESPN was declared over. Quote, the woke police finding another victim, commented Outkicks Clay Travis, reflecting on the tragic path that fooled Nichols into wokeism and out of a job. Cancel culture has come for ESPN's own red-haired NBA star, Rachel Nichols. She is no more. She will cease to exist on ESPN. Following Maria Ta- the Maria Taylor debacle, ESPN couldn't side with Nichols. She, w- she questioned an African-American woman's growing role at the network in a private conversation was possibly illegally obtained, but she was always played by ESPN's rules publicly. In the end, she was canceled by wokeism that she promoted. That hypocrisy was never addressed. It was never analyzed. And this is where people who embrace wokeism ultimately go. You are, at some point in time, going to be canceled if you are not woke enough and you work in sports. Clay adds, ESPN covering a tiny subset of the sports audience that believes in woke sports. It rings true every time. Go woke, go broke. Nichols played the game and got dunked on. Her days of lecturing Americans on ESPN stations have finally come to an end, which is a grim reality for any person in sports media not bold enough to just speak the truth. Quote, even as the NBA's overall ratings collapsed, Rachel Rachel Nichols made a decision to defend the NBA and all the woke idiocy that the league embraced. In fact, she lectured America on how great the NBA was when they pulled their All-Star game out of Charlotte, North Carolina, over a bathroom bill that was alleged to target transgender individuals. Even while the NBA continued to play basketball all around the world in countries such as China, which have repressive human rights regimes. The lesson is clear. You're either woke or you're fired. You better keep your mouth shut unless you are agreeing with far-left politics infiltrating sports. Yeah. And, you know, actually, Clay's a good example of Clay, Jason Whitlock. Some of these guys are good examples of, let me just come out and tell you the truth, tell you how I really feel. Yes, I'm going to take some heat for it, but that heat blows over, okay? Uh, They call it sort of the 36-hour period. Let me drop some truth bombs. And then on Twitter, everybody can get worked up. On Instagram, everybody can get worked up. And then it's over. And the the common thread between somebody like Jason Whitlock, us, Clay Travis, other guys, sports wars that cover sports, we don't care, okay? You can't cancel people that don't give a damn about being canceled. All right? Um, We'll tell you exactly how it is. 
And Marie, uh, you know, Rachel Nichols could learn some of that at her next stop instead of bending both knees as she did, embracing everything that was woke on behalf of a company and Disney's a dumpster fire. Okay. It starts with Disney and it rolls down to ABC and it rolls down to ESPN and then ESPN's family of networks. And they go out there and they preach to America. We don't want to be preached to. We want to sit down and consume a game, an NBA game, and we want the straight truth surrounding leagues. We do. We want you to talk about, on the jump, China and what's going on involving the NBA. But you refuse to do it. Okay? We want you to call out the league. If you're going to, ca- if you're going to cover the league, you need to cover it all the way around and be truthful with people. Um, and we can't stand that. We're tired of people trying to blow smoke up our asses. And more so, people like Rachel Nichols lecturing us on social issues. You're sitting back telling your own audience how crappy you think we are. Okay? That we're not woke enough. We're not socially alert enough. And guess what? You know what it got you? Gone. Gone. You bent the knee most likely compromising your own principles behind closed doors, as we found out from your leaked audio tape, tape, and now you're gone. Now you're gone. You, 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 uh, you cowered down, you bit in, and what good did it do you? Got you in the unemployment line is what it did. Now, uh, I don't know what Rachel Nichols' plans are, but most likely my guess Standard operating procedure would be to go to FS1 because so many of uh, old ESPN ties are now over at FS1. So I would suspect that's where she's going to end up, but who knows? Be interesting if NBC hired her after hiring Maria Taylor, but I bet they won't. You never know. You never know. Maybe she'll go to Fox. Who the hell? Who the hell knows? Or Turner. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. Clay Travis is right. You buy in. You don't tell the straight truth. Um, look, you try to lecture your customers, your clientele. Clientele doesn't like to be lectured. People are there to be entertained when they're trying to watch sports. Yeah, it's a bad look. Peace. I'm out. Till next. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no holds barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. All right, Black and White Sports fans, we're going to be talking about Notre Dame. You guys probably know a few days ago, there was a woke survey that came out and deemed Notre Dame's mascot, the Fighting Irish, to be the fourth most offensive mascot in all of college, all of college sports. And when I saw this and Rose put up a video on this, I was like, are they serious? And of course, you know, they went after Florida State. Uh, Florida State's mascot was number one. And. It isn't offensive because the Seminole Nation and Florida State have a very, very good relationship. But we're going to be focusing on Notre Dame. This is absolutely insane, guys. Absolutely insane that the Fighting Irish is offensive. And the people that are offended by this, 
they, they of course, are not fans of any kind of sports whatsoever. These are your Twitter uh, robots over there, the NPCs that just kind of follow whatever they're programmed to do. And they essentially are offended by every single thing. Now, former head coach of Notre Dame, Lou Holtz, he has come out and defended the name. He's not going to buy in and bend a knee because we know that there are people out there that want Notre Dame to change the mascot because it is offensive. Well, if you're offended, that's your problem right there. There's nothing wrong with the fighting Irish whatsoever. If you asked me this 20 years ago, I would have said, no, you're completely insane. There's no way in the world that um, that name is offensive. But hell, the Washington Redskins changed their name to, well, they don't have a mascot. Think of that. Everything is getting canceled. Everything is being deemed offensive now. So. Lou Holtz went on with Fox and Friends. And if you actually check this out on Fox News here, it's Notre Dame coach Lou Holtz slammed survey after Fighting Irish deemed offensive. Lou Holtz led the Fighting Irish to a national championship in 1988. And there is Lou Holtz right there. The man is still going strong. I believe he's uh, 84 years old. And this is what he had to say. It says here, Lou Holtz, who coached Notre Dame and won a national championship with the team in 1988, defended the school's nickname after a survey found it to be one of the most offensive in college sports. Woke 2021. What can I say? Notre Dame, nicknamed the Fighting Irish, was said to have one of the most offensive mascots in the U.S. According to a survey from the Quality Logo Products blog, the Leprechaun came in fourth place behind Hawaii's Billy the Warrior, San Diego State's Aztec Warrior, and Florida State's Ocelia, I'm, I'm probably mispronouncing that, and Renegade. Holtz appeared on Fox and Friends on Thursday and told co-host Steve Dosey there was no reason to change the name because we know the woke mob demands blood. They demand that the name be changed. Quote, the students in Notre Dame, when I coached there for 11 years, they're proud to be a part of the Fighting Irish. The Irish have a great tradition, etc. But why does everybody have to say what you want to do? Well, of course, you know, if you don't bend the knee to the woke mob, the woke mob goes insane. He goes on, he says, there's a lot of things I don't like that I tolerate. That's part of life. That's part of the United States. It's part of free speech, he said. But we know these people really don't care about free speech. They want us to be communist China where where there is no free speech. You see what's happening in Hong Kong, right? Free speech doesn't exist over there. They will put you down. Quote, but people, they get offended and try to bully and try to shut you up. But I think it's time for the silent majority to stand up and say no more. This is what we believe And this is what is going to go on. This is our country and this is the way it was founded. Holtz floated one theory about why Notre Dame is called the Fighting Irish in the first place. He said it was because of students standing up to the KKK. Now, I did not know this. He explains it right here. Quote, Notre Dame is standing up to the bullies. There are a lot of things in this world that I don't like, but this country gives you the right 
to say what you really feel. Let's understand where the Fighting Irish name came from. It came from a newspaper article in the 1920s. The KKK invaded South Bend. The students from Notre Dame, which at the time were all male, went down and confronted them. And there was a melee that followed. The headline in the paper read Fighting Irish. And that's where it really started, he said. I did not know that. I'm glad that he actually brought that up there. People don't like the flag. They don't like the Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah, because they want everything canceled. Everything in this world, they don't like. The Redskins. I'm glad he brought that up. Good Lord knows. Let's have the ability to stand up. I used to think the First Amendment said I have the freedom of speech to say what I want and say what I feel. But let's not be intimidated any longer. It's time the silent majority stood up. And you know what? You can look at the bigger picture here because we're seeing censorship everywhere. Bit tech, uh, Twitter, especially uh, even here on YouTube, you know, channels get demonetized. We even had a channel get demonetized. Yeah, because they want us silent. But if you don't speak up, guess what? The woke mob will just get their way. Notre Dame said it had no intention of changing their name despite the survey and they should not. But you know what? There's been other teams out there also that said, we will not change our name. We will not bend the knee. I believe the Washington Redskins said that at one point. And guess what? They're changing the name. The Kansas City Chiefs, they haven't changed their name yet, but it will happen as they are now changing stuff, banning stuff. Little by little, the name will be changed. Uh, the Atlanta Braves, they haven't changed their name. They said that they won't. They're holding steady so far. But eventually the mob will come for them. And this is just the beginning for uh, Notre Dame right here, uh, because this survey just came out a few days ago. And you'll start seeing the pressure on Twitter. Because the Looney Tunes out there, they believe that Twitter is the real world. I mean, guys, there's nothing offensive about the fighting Irish. Nothing offensive about that. I know quite a few Irish people. They are very, very proud to be Irish and they are not offended by Notre Dame's mascot. This is just pure, pure insanity, just like nobody was offended by the Washington Redskins. Yeah, you had a few people, but like I said, you'll find anybody that's offended by something. That doesn't mean you should start canceling every single thing just because you don't like it. And Lou Holtz, he touched on that as well. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Lou Holtz comes out and defends the Fighting Irish mascot. You're going to see much more of this, much more cancellation of mascots, much more cancellation of sports teams because of their mascots. This is Walt Sports. And ever since 2020, ever since George Floyd, everything has been offensive. The woke mob is alive and well. They are triggered by every single thing. If you don't think they're going to come for you, yes, they will. They will come for everything. They will never be satisfied. They're like the Terminator. They can't be bargained with. They can't be negotiated with. And they will absolutely not stop. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time.
on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. All right, Black and White Sports fans, we're going to be talking about Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith from ESPN First Take. The man is always race baiting on ESPN First Take. He has gotten very, very woke over the last year, especially. Now, Stephen A. Smith is always talking about how black people don't get these quote unquote opportunities out there. You know, when it comes to coaching, when it comes to sports. However, guys, this man seems to be the most powerful man at ESPN. And last time I checked, folks, Stephen A. Smith is a black man. But he wants to preach to you guys that black people just don't get these opportunities. Now, we have seen the power wielded by Stephen A. Smith as now Matt Kellerman is going to be booted off of ESPN First Take with Stephen A. Smith. And he's going to go into ESPN purgatory on the morning talk shows and also the radio shows as well. But Stephen A. Smith, a black man, makes $12 million per year over there at ESPN, the highest paid employee. And now, guys, now that he's gotten rid of Matt Kellerman, now that ESPN has gotten rid of Rachel Nichols, Stephen A. Smith seems to be making his next move on the NBA on ESPN. Check this out, guys. Stephen A. Smith wants to form ESPN's dream team with Magic Johnson. So now he's going to try to create a super team, and I'm pretty sure that he's going to get his way. You remember um, when ESPN was trying to get Skip Bayless back, it was mainly because Stephen A. Smith wanted Skip to come back. But at the end of the day, it was up to um, Skip Bayless whether or not to come back. He decided to stay put over there at FS1. But let's jump jump into this, guys. It says, these days, what Stephen A. Smith wants at ESPN, Stephen A. gets. And this is by Andrew Marshawn over at the New York Post. Up next, Magic Johnson. Smith wants to team up with Johnson, possibly on NBA Countdown, the pregame show that leads into the NBA Finals and other marquee games, according to sources. Smith's ideal setup would be to have a bit three that includes partner interruption co-host Michael Wilbon, who often works alongside Smith on SportsCenter. So Stephen A. Smith wants to create an all-black super team on ESPN. Now, guys, I really like Mike Wilbon. I used to watch uh, Partner Interruption all the time. Him and Kornheiser, they're pretty great. Okay? Now, Magic Johnson, he actually had um, his own TV show in the 1990s, The Magic Hour. It was not good. Magic is not that great on TV. Now, my only concern with Magic would be, is he not going to be biased when it comes to the Lakers? Magic Johnson is an all-time great NBA player. He knows his basketball. But when it comes to the Lakers, can he not be biased? I'm not really sure if he can. But this just shows you guys the power 
of Stephen A. Smith. He is orchestrating this, and it even says here nothing is finalized, so it hasn't been determined whether the potential show would have a traditional host. I believe that this is probably going to happen. ESPN is already shaking things up. They're changing things around because their ratings have been in the tank. And I believe what Stephen A. wants, Stephen A. is going to get a black man calling the shots at ESPN. And he's trying to create an all black super team over there at ESPN. I believe it's going to happen. I really do. No more Maria Taylor. No more Rachel Nichols. Yeah, Stephen A. Smith. I believe this is truly, truly going to happen. It also says ESPN uh, also has interest in Draymond Green, but as an active player, the Warriors forward would only be available on occasion. Green has done uh, work for TNT. Yeah, that's definitely not going to work. Not going to work. And um, the Warriors may actually be a playoff team next year. And uh, Clay Thompson's coming back. So I don't see that working out unless, you know, the Warriors just uh, fall apart. And of course, ESPN declined to comment on the story. In the past, the NBA has been hesitant about having Smith on the main pregame show for the NBA Finals as the league feels his style is too opinionated and not the right tone to lead into his main event, according to sources. But it is a different time with Smith at the height of his career, a $12 million a year man who has the ears of top ESPN executives. I believe this is going to happen, guys. There is no doubt about it. This is going to happen. And one thing that made Stephen A. Smith pretty famous on ESPN was his opinions. Now, with the the mess that has been going on with the NBA on ESPN, the whole Rachel Nichols, Maria Taylor thing, that fiasco, Rachel Nichols is now gone. Stephen A. Smith is making his move now. Yeah. This will happen, guys. I, I don't I don't I don't have any doubt in my mind that this will happen. Now, will Magic Johnson actually want to do this show? Uh, Mike Wilbon, of course, he already works for ESPN. So we'll have to see what will end up um, happening with this. But um, I do. I truly do believe that this will happen. Stephen A. Smith is ESPN. Stephen A. Smith is calling the shots. Uh, Jimmy Pataro, uh, the president of ESPN, I believe he's just going to go along with whatever Stephen A. Smith wants to do. Because Stephen A. Smith, you've got to remember, man, he's a black man. Black people don't get these opportunities unless your name is Stephen A. Smith over at ESPN. Oh, unless your name is uh, Maria Taylor over at ESPN, who who got the job because they wanted to take Rachel Nichols off. and They gave it to a black woman. And then she leaves and they give it to another black woman in Malika Andrews. But black people don't get these opportunities. Black people do not get to call the shots, according to ESPN. But it seems like Stephen A. Smith is definitely calling the shots over there at ESPN, a.k.a. Walt Center, a.k.a. ESPCNN. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time.
on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for our Black and White Sports. Well, <laughs> Shikari Richardson's at it again. She's back in the news. Yet again. Have you ever seen anybody get so much publicity from uh, getting suspended over some weed? That's right. And not being able to make the Olympics. And then, of course, she makes her triumphant, brave and stunning and courageous comeback the other day where she ran a ninth place out of ninth place race dead last. Well, she had a teammate, a, a, a medalist teammate from the Olympics that was on with Stephen A. Smith last night on the Jimmy Kimmel Live show. Good grief. <laughs> that offered Shikari some very nice words of encouragement. Except Shikari did everything but say F you after she got the words of encouragement. I'm sort of puzzled by this, frankly. Uh, her teammate tried to sort of show some show her some love and she didn't appreciate it. Shikari Richardson raised some eyebrows Wednesday when she appeared to throw shade at fellow American trackmate Allison Felix. Richardson's week got off to a rocky start when she finished in ninth place in her return to the track after a marijuana suspension. Felix on Tuesday appeared on Jimmy Kimmel Live and gave Richardson some words of encouragement in an interview with Stephen A. Smith. Quote, she obviously has been through so much, Felix said, who triumphed at the Olympics picking up her 11th total medal. I hope that she support, just supported. I hope that people rally around her. Obviously, she's a great per- she has a great personality and she's brought a lot of attention to the sport. I think she'll be in the sport for a very long time. What kind of attention though? I think just more than anything for all athletes, there's so much that goes into it. We just, you know, give her her the support she needs. Richardson appeared to take Felix's words as a slight Wow, okay. Encouraging words on TV shows are just as real as, well, nothing at all. I can kind of understand that, but if that's the way you feel, just keep it to yourself. I mean, really, she wrote on her Instagram stories. Now, this guy tweeted out, said, Alex and Felix offers Shikari Richardson words of encouragement on Jimmy Kimmel, and Shikari throws shades for saying it's, quote, not real. And then he goes out there and says, this is the woman y'all stand on Twitter? He's got a point. Y'all seem to just brave, lovingly brave and stunningly support this woman. And she seems kind of like an asshole. Let's keep it real. Uh, and I'm not talking about the subscribers to this channel. I'm just talking about so many of these woke individuals on the Twitter sphere. Yeah. She then shared a separate post on her stories, which read, be a good person but don't waste time proving it. <laughs> okay. Well, it seems like, like you should prove it if you want to be a good person, but okay. Richardson shared, uh, Richardson raced the 100-meter sprint at the Prefontaine track in Oregon at the Diamond League event. Jamaica's Elaine Thompson-Hera won the race, besting her Olympic time with a 10.54. 
Shikari then tweeted out, only way from ninth is up. Even though Richardson was disappointing in her return to the track, she had a trackside interview with NBC that went viral. Richardson said she was not upset at herself at all. This is one race. I'm done. You know what I'm capable of. Count me out if you want. Talk S if you want. Because I'm here to stay. I'm not done. I'm the sixth fastest woman in the game ever. Can't nobody ever take that from me. She later added, this month was like a journey for me, but that's no excuse because at the end of the day, I'm an athlete. Today was a day, but it's not every day. It's not the end of the world. Like I said, if you count me out, the joke's on you. It seems to me like you might run better if you gave up the weed smoke, but okay. Now let's get to this. Shikari, runner's Twitter likes offensive tweet about Jamaicans. Shikari Richardson seems to be bitter about the heat she's gotten after coming in dead last over the weekend, at least according to her Twitter account, which she just, quote, liked an offensive tweet about Jamaicans. Okay. 21-year-old track star competed in the Prefontaine Classic. We just went over that. And Richardson, who finished with a time of 11.14 seconds, brushed off the L and welcomed any haters to talk all the S they wanted to. And Jamaican fans have taken her up on that offer by talking a lot of smack on Twitter. Well, guess what, Miss Richardson? When you run your mouth like that, you're going to get shade from the opposition's fans. That's just a fact. Of all the jokes in the jabs, one particular came to Richardson's defense, firing back with a pretty offensive comment. Quote, not y'all Jamaicans still talking S when y'all got to walk barefoot to your coconut stand every day for a living. Whoa. Okay. Whoever is running Shakar's verified account co-signed the distasteful response, hitting the like button. It's worth noting there's no telling whether the runner intentionally liked it, accidentally liked it, or if she's even running the account. But as of this post... It still shows up under the likes. Well, not only that, but I don't care if you do have somebody else running your account. If you like a tweet like that, you own it. You own it. That's right. Wow. So she's got a fellow Olympia. Give her, wrap her loving arms around her and give her all kinds of encouragement. She basically says, in no uncertain terms, go F yourself. And then, when the Jamaican fans get on her ass for getting dogged out during the race the other day, look, you finished in dead last. I would have probably kept my mouth shut, frankly, and been like, I'm glad I had the opportunity. Thank you, everybody. Good night. But you did not do that. You ran your mouth, so you caught some heat from Jamaican fans. I don't blame them. I would have cooked your ass, too. And then somebody burst out with an offensive tweet about Jamaicans, and you go and you like it? Look, you finished in last place. That's nobody else's fault but your own. I mean, come on. Put yourself, hey, as Chris Sims would say, detox from time to time. Detox from time to time when you've got events coming up. Okay? Maybe you can get a little bit more oxygen and look, I get it, but, I mean, maybe you can get a little bit more oxygen in and you can run a little bit faster next time. Whoa. <laughs> That's pretty funny. 
Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. <laughs> wow. F you for supporting me. That's crazy. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Sports. Well... It's pretty amazing where we are in today's society when it comes to sports and these athletes being able to handle the pressure that comes with being elite sports athletes. As we know, Naomi Osaka had some meltdowns, said that she did not want to talk to the press because it was too mentally challenging. That certainly flies in the face of a lot of bulldogs in the sporting world, such as Tom Brady or Michael Jordan. Brett Favre, Peyton Manning, guys that went out and performed under unbelievable pressure. Can you imagine if Nolan Ryan asked for a mental health day? I cannot imagine that. But the U.S. Open has dropped to both knees, it seems, and has decided to provide these athletes with a mental health quiet room. That's right. Who knows? Maybe Simone Biles plans on playing tennis here pretty soon. Oh, let's get to this article. Pretty unbelievable where we are at. Fox News. U.S. Open to provide, quote, quiet rooms for struggling tennis players. Wow. The U.S. Open will have some new additions as the U.S. Tennis Association puts more focus on players' mental health. The final major tennis tournament of the year will make mental health providers available to tennis players along with, quote, quiet rooms. Wow. The medical services program for the 2021 tournament will include licensed mental health providers giving players access to mental health services throughout the duration of the event, the USTA said in a statement. In addition to quiet rooms, and other support services will be provided. The U.S. Open will work closely and collaboratively with the WTA and the ATP sports science and medical staff on site in an effort to ensure players understand the enhanced medical services available and how to access these health offerings as needed. The focus comes after Naomi Osaka dropped out of the French Open when she received criticism for avoiding press availabilities. Yeah, talking to the press should be part of your job. If you want to be an elite athlete, you have to talk about the good and the bad. She opened up about her bouts with depression and took some time away from sport until last month when she appeared at the Olympics for Japan. The USTA and US Open are always looking for ways to work together with the other Grand Slam events ATP, WTA, and ITF to provide the greatest level of support for their competitors. USTA CEO and Executive Director Michael Dows said in a statement, We recognize that ensuring mental health of the players is in an area that needed to be addressed, and we are taking formative steps to give athletes the necessary resources to compete at the highest level. USTA and Chief Executive 
Stacy Allister added, the issue of mental health awareness has been brought to the forefront over the course of the global pandemic, as many individuals, players included, have struggled with the stresses and emotions that have come as a result of COVID. Okay, we've tied this into the pandemic. All right. Quote, together with multiple dimension pressures within professional sport, this new reality highlighted the need to provide additional resources to support all aspects of athletes' health, including their mental health and well-being. We look forward to seeing how initiatives are implemented at this year's tournament and in the coming weeks to make an impact on player well-being. We will continue to look for ways to improve and adapt as we move forward. By the way, guys, the U.S. Open is set for August 30th. Rafael Nadal, Roger Federer, Serena Williams, and Sophia Kennan all dropped out of the tournament and shot them the deuce. Well, uh, this is pretty ridiculous. Is it just me, or does it feel like these athletes are more and more entitled every single year? Look, I'm sure athletes took mental time to themselves during previous periods, particularly in individual sport. Do I believe that to have happened? Maybe they just decided to opt out of a tournament. If it's golfers, maybe they just wanted to play the majors and maybe three or four other tournaments. We saw Tiger do that a few times. But the fact is, to be an elite athlete, you do have to put up with mental pressures, and one of those is talking to the media. Highs and lows. When you fail, the fact is, sports is a reality show. It's an entertainment business. It's a reality TV show, and people want to hear people when they're both high and low, and it comes with the territory. Being able to physically and mentally deal with the trials and tribulations of competing is part of the game. That is as part of the game as getting out there and taking your racket and getting on the court. Okay, and I think we're just... Um, Unfortunately, I'm not sure this is a great example for youth. Uh, I don't like the uh, idea that people aren't trying to push through some of these struggles when it comes to their sporting events. I don't know if we're going to see more and more of this in other sports. I really kind of hope not, frankly. Um, there's a, there's always sort of a, a, there used to be sort of a gladiator element with playing sports. Okay, the ability to push through when you're tired when you feel muscle strain, when lactic acid's building up, and part of that is pushing through the mental pressures and the pain of it, and also dealing with any any kind of... Look, everybody goes to work every day, day in, day out, no matter what job they've got, fighting their own personal demons. That's part of the gig, regardless of what you do in life, whether you're a nurse, police officer, firefighter, Guys, you are professional athletes. You are. Uh, even tennis players, you are getting paid to play a sport. Do you know how many people would love to trade places with you? I'm not sure sometimes that these athletes have a full appreciation for that. We'll keep an eye on this situation. This is fallout from them bending the knee to Naomi Osaka, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, and I just, I'm not sure this would have happened five years ago. I don't, uh, they would have said, well, if you can't handle it, retire. I mean, that's just the, that's just the fact. It feels like entitlement to me, but okay. 
Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports.